Welcome to Together Yet a Healthcare World Apart. My name is Ingeborg Hyde, and I will be your host. Throughout this podcast, we will be interviewing eight individuals from eight different countries across the world, across six different continents, and asking them about their perspective about their own healthcare system. However, these aren't just random individuals. These are young people. As a fellow young person, very interested in my healthcare system, I'm curious to see how other people, other young people, perceive and experience their own country's respective healthcare system. During the podcast, I will be asking the eight individuals the same questions. I will ask them to rank their healthcare system overall and also specific aspects of the systems from one to five. And these include waiting times, access, cost, equity, innovation, and overall view of the respective healthcare system. I'll also ask them to share a personal story that they feel captures their experience with their healthcare system. So this may be either the worst or best experiences they've had. I also want to ask them how often they utilize their healthcare system, as well as if they believe a personal identity they hold affects how they interact with their healthcare system. Before I dive in, I'll give you a little background on myself, as well as the inspiration behind this podcast. mentioned, my name is Ingeborg, and I am a college senior in the United States. And I'll just throw it out there, get it out of the way. I am obsessed with healthcare systems. And I will share with you the journey of how I came to this fascination. Um, I am a public health major, and I always knew that this is what I wanted to do. I only applied to colleges that had undergraduate public health programs because I knew I wanted to be in the healthcare industry, but I knew that being a doctor and going to med school was not for me. Um, And so I kind of knew this all along, but I didn't know exactly what area of public health I wanted to go into until I took a class sophomore year that honestly changed my life. So that class was a very basic requirement class in public health called Foundations of Health Systems. And I learned two big things in that class. One, I learned about our healthcare system, the American healthcare system, and honestly how messed up it is. I learned how to navigate it or how I would soon have to navigate it. So learning about deductibles, premiums, all those sorts of things that are very, very tricky and confusing really for anyone. But the second thing I learned in that class was about different health systems and different models that different governments use to provide health insurance to their citizens. So um, models such as the beverage model, the Bismarck models, things that I just had never learned about before. And I came out of the class feeling so knowledgeable, so informed, yet really frustrated 
really frustrated at the fact that so many other countries have figured out how to give their citizens quality, cost-effective, and efficient healthcare that we somehow have not been able to. And that was how the fascination started. I interned one summer in a health organization in the U.S. at a hospital in Brooklyn, and then I wanted to see if I could witness another healthcare system firsthand, and I had the amazing opportunity to study abroad in Perth, Australia, second semester of my junior year, which I will admit was cut short because of COVID. But during that time, I had the incredible opportunity to speak with health professionals, to speak to health experts on their healthcare system. I'll never forget, it was the first class of the Australian healthcare system class that I took and the first class was very basic class talking about what a healthcare system is and I remember my professor just she made this really bold statement which I'm glad she did and she said you know one thing that really shocks me about one specific healthcare system the American healthcare system is that the U.S. is such a great country has figured so many things out so good in so many ways. However, they have the worst healthcare system in the world. And I remember it felt like everyone just looking at me. I definitely got a few eyes. And I told them, I a thousand percent agree. That is why I'm here. I'm here to learn from you. I'm here to see how you guys do it so that I can hopefully be a part of that change and that will revolutionize hopefully our healthcare system and make it more accessible and equitable and cost effective to our citizens. So that was a, a pivotal moment in my life that just really kind of lit the fire under me to really want to make a difference. And so um, funny enough, I came back to the States. Um, COVID really highlighted a lot of the problems and flaws that were already in our healthcare system. I think it just brought them to light. Um, and I'm more confident that hopefully health officials and government officials will see a need for this change. Um, but in the meantime, I'm just trying to do my part in being informed and hearing from other other young people around the world on about their healthcare systems and what other countries have done. So this semester I am in a class called the Arts and Social Impact. And for our final project, we were tasked with coming up with some form of art project that displays some form of social problem. And so I chose healthcare. And so this is a final project for a class. And so I'm hoping it goes well. And I'm excited to hear from young people around the world. So let's dive in. In this episode, we will be talking to young people from Canada, the UK, Taiwan, and India. So without further ado, let's say hi to a good friend of mine from our northern neighbor, Canada. Also, full disclosure, I will be introducing each country with either the national anthem or a well-known song, so just brace yourself for that. <laughs> I'm really excited to speak with a Canadian and hear more about their healthcare system because 
I've really heard nothing but pretty good things about their healthcare system. I know that Americans often joke about going up north if the political climate is not the best um, for several reasons, one of which includes their free healthcare. So I'm really anxious to hear what Serena has to say. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm doing well, thanks for asking. Thank you for helping me and agreeing to interview on behalf of all Canadians. <laughs> it's my pleasure. I think I'm a great representation. Amazing. Um, well, I guess we'll just dive in. Um, and I wanna know if you could share a personal story that you feel captures your experience with the Canadian healthcare system. So either, um, you know, maybe your worst or best experience, just tell me what you think. <laughs> okay, so I'll um, say probably my best experience I've had with the healthcare system. And this was quite recently, it was um, maybe two months ago, I actually had an allergic reaction. So I didn't need to take an EpiPen, thankfully, but I did need to go to the hospital and I had to go two days in a row. And um, what I've noticed with COVID especially is that there is very, very, very uh, short waiting times as opposed to what we would know as like, what would be a full day at the hospital was actually only about 45 minutes. And um, essentially what happened was I had to go to the hospital. I drove myself there and I checked in and the longest part really was waiting for the triage nurse to get all my symptoms and everything okay. and uh, get registered. And they fast tracked me and it, the emergency for room was like empty. Like there was nobody there. So I saw a doctor within 15 minutes. I got what I needed to get and I was on my way immediately after. So I would say that is um, pretty reflective of what is going on in the healthcare system outside of what's going on with COVID right now. Right. Wow. Okay. So you said it's not strange to spend a whole day at the hospital. No, not at all. There was one time in December of 2019. So right before COVID um, that I had a kidney infection and I had to go to the hospital and I was there from 845 in the morning to 4 p.m. Wow. And yeah, it was a very, very long day. So that is reflective of the healthcare system or the hospital system pre-COVID. Okay. Wow. That is definitely not a great, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no. but I mean, yeah, what are you going to do? Um, okay. So how often do you utilize your healthcare system? Um, I would say pretty frequently, like we're considering like the pharmacy, the doctor walk-in clinic hospitals. I use it, um, all the time. I, um, especially with my allergies and stuff, I have to go see specialists and, um, you have to get a bunch of tests done and it's, I use it a lot. So um, I'm very thankful that it's free because it would run me a lot of money if it was not. I got goosebumps as you said that, like <laughs> imagine having free healthcare. <laughs> like, it's, US. it's different now. It's so, um, I don't think many people know this about the Canadian healthcare system, but when you're, so we have in Ontario at least, we have something called OHIP, which is the Ontario Health Insurance Plan. Mm -hmm. And you get that when you're a citizen or a permanent resident of the province. 
So that means you, you need to take your health card with you everywhere you go. So when you go to the doctor, you need to present your health card. And that is how they know that they will not charge you. If you don't have a, a, a health card or an OHIP card, you will get charged for your doctor's visit. Mm-hmm. So, um, but once you, you have private benefits. So I'm thankful that my mom through her work insurance plan had benefits. So I was able to get my prescription drugs for free, um, chiropractor, massage free, dental for free, vision for free, all that good stuff is free. But now that I am graduated out of university, I no longer have those benefits until I get a job that covers them or buy into my own private insurance plan. But now a lot of my prescription drugs will not be covered. So like if I ever need antibiotics, those are not covered. My allergy medication is not covered. Um, my dental is not covered. My vision is not covered. Chiropractor massage is not covered. So I think that a lot of people don't know that the Canadian healthcare system, well, like you can go to the doctor for free. You can go to um, the hospital for free. What, if you don't have private insurance, you are ending up paying for quite a few things. Okay, okay. But you've never, like, let's just say, for example, you sprain your ankle or you have a sore throat. Would you go to a primary care doctor? Would you just, you know, suck it up, go to a pharmacy? What would you do? Um, So I, whenever I feel sick, I try to call my family doctor first. Okay. That's who I like trust the most. And thankfully my family doctor also works out of a practice, like a big family practice that has a walk-in clinic. So if she is not available, then I go to the walk-in clinic that's in the building because I also know the doctors there. So if I ever feel under the weather, I first call my doctor and then I go to that walk-in. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Like here, if you, you know, anywhere from feeling normal to almost breaking a bone, like you don't do anything. <laughs> like you just- Okay, like, well, that's a bit scary. Exactly. That's probably why we, uh, our health isn't the best, but- really discouraged um mostly for like financial reasons to not utilize healthcare if you really don't have to which is absolutely um now I'm like I don't want to go to the dentist like I will be going to the dentist but like to think about spending like 250 dollars or 275 dollars every six months I'm like wow that's really gonna hurt yeah yeah definitely okay wow um and then my last question for you is, do you believe a personal identity hold affects how you interact with their, with your healthcare system in some shape, way, or form? Um, I would say that being a woman, definitely, and probably even my age, like being a young woman, okay. probably affects the care that I'm given. Um, I would say that a lot of the times people will attribute like stomach cramps mm. to uh, PMS or a period um, back pain, like when I had my kidney infection, I knew that it was not a period thing. Um, but they were like, are you sure you're not pregnant? Are you sure it's not your period? I'm like, yeah, I'm sure do a urine test and you will see. Um, I also have gotten like, especially because I'm young, like there was one time I had a really bad anxiety attack without me even knowing that I was having an anxiety attack Mm -hmm. and I was having really severe chest pain. So I went to the hospital and they were like, oh, um, is it PMS? And I'm like, no. And they assumed it was everything other than anxiety. They thought I was having a heart attack. Wow. And I was, and they like, just don't think of mental health. Maybe that's like, not just a me thing. Maybe it's just um, a 
systemic issue of not diagnosing a mental health problem when you see it. Um, but yeah, they will try to avoid a mental health thing if they can, because it was anxiety mm -hmm. and they did tests and my test came back fine. Mm -hmm. And then my doctor was like, no, it was anxiety. So it's, I think that being a young woman does, they automatically assume that it has some, some womanly issue, not necessarily a serious health problem. Right. Okay. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. Uh, an important issue to highlight. Mm -hmm. And then for this last portion of our fantastic interview, um, I want you to rank some elements of your healthcare system from one to five. So number one, waiting times, what would you give it? A one. Before, a one. Okay, before COVID, I would definitely say a one. Okay. Um, because even when I was fast-tracked for my kidney infection, like I said, I was there from like 9 a.m. to 4. Mm -hmm. I was there all day. So that's like a bit excessive. Like if there was something seriously wrong with me, I felt like I should have been seen hours earlier. Um, so yeah, I would give that a one because I also fear that when COVID kind of goes away, it's going to be the same thing. Definitely. One. Okay. One. How about access? Um, five for me as someone that holds a OHIP, like that has a health card, I would say five, but I know that people that are not citizens or not permanent residents or are here just on a visa, they are probably discouraged from seeking help, like healthcare. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, how about cost? Um, five being like cost effective. Yes. Like five because uh, it's free. <laughs> I would imagine that's yeah. Okay. How about equity? Um, it, that's hard because I'm white, so I can't really give the other side of it. I know I have felt like it's doing me justice. Like I'm receiving proper care, but I'm positive that that is not the same case for marginalized communities. So um, I guess looking at it in a broad light and not just for myself, I probably go in the middle and say a three. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for acknowledging that. That's definitely um, a very strong message. And yeah, important. Yeah, no, it definitely is. How about innovation wise? Ooh. Um, that's hard because I feel like we get a lot of our innovations from the States. Mm -hmm. So like we have, I don't believe there has been a Canadian made vaccine yet. Mm -hmm. Um, even though there was, <laughs> I know, even though there were so many in the works, like on the news, they were highlighting this one out of Montreal that was completely plant-based and that is super innovative. It's just, it hasn't been approved and I haven't heard about it now for months because Pfizer's come out, Moderna's come out, AstraZeneca, I, we don't have Johnson & Johnson here. Good. Um, Actually not good, I, it's a great fact. <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I would, honestly, I would go in the middle again and say a three, just cause I feel like we could be doing better, but I know that our healthcare system is like, it's one of a first world country. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, ha I'm happy with it. Yeah. Okay. And now the big kicker question, how about overview, overall view of your healthcare system? What would you give it? Um, you know what? It hasn't really 
done me wrong in like ways that have changed my life. Like, have I had to wait months to see a specialist? Yes, because a long wait times because they're free. So that is like, I guess the worst part of it for me. But overall, like, I can't complain about the care that I've gotten. Mm -hmm. Uh, At the end of the day, whatever problem I came in with, it was fixed eventually. And it wasn't anything like the pressing things were always fixed in a timely manner. And the things that weren't necessarily pressing were fixed over time. So I'm going to give it like a four. I'm pretty happy with the healthcare system in Canada. Yeah. Wow. That is definitely a good mark. are doing okay (laughs) well thank you so 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 much um and it was great talking to you yes thank you so much i hope you get a good mark (laughs) so i definitely learned a lot from my conversation with serena i had no idea that canada was on the forefront of creating a plant-based vaccine that sounds amazing as well as just learning some of the logistics about the Canadian health system so definitely learned a lot I also forgot to mention that I met Serena while studying abroad in Australia so she's a really good friend of mine and I'm really grateful that she took the time to talk to me we often I say we as in myself and a few other Canadians in our program often talked about the healthcare system so we're a bit of an early group Um, but it's always great hearing insights and catching up with an old friend. So our next stop on our global tour is, you guessed it, across the pond. We are heading to the UK and talking to another one of my friends from Australia. So this is also a PSA to study abroad if you can, um, AO. So I am really excited to talk to him. Um, Really because a lot of well-respected and well-known healthcare organizations such as Kaiser Permanente, the Commonwealth Fund, often rank the UK as the number one healthcare system in the world using their beverage model. So I am really excited to hear what he says and really excited to hear his firsthand experience with the healthcare system. All right. Hello. How are you? I'm good today. How are you? I'm doing well. How's your day? Oh, good. Just finished work. Um, it's raining here in England, as per usual. So oh, yeah. <laughs> not great scenery. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Right here in New Orleans, it is 90 degrees Fahrenheit, which I don't know what that is Celsius, but I'm it's hot. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to answer some questions about the British healthcare system. I'm very intrigued and I know it's uh, considered one of the best ones. So I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. Oh, thank you for having me. And I hope to be as useful as I can be. Feel free to ask me any question. I'll ask Great. you. All right. So the first question I'll ask you is what is a personal story you think captures your experience with your healthcare system? Uh, so personally for me, um, I tend not to use the NHS too much. If you're not sick, I don't really try to go to the hospital. But um, in 2014, um, I just come from a holiday in Dubai and I'd actually picked up malaria in Dubai. And I became very, very sick very quickly into entering the UK. 
um, I threw up at breakfast um, in the hotel and my parents rushed me to the hospital and I was in the hospital probably for the best part of um, the waiting room for not more than 45 minutes. I was taken to see a doctor. Um, I had all the tests done, all the scans done, had all the drip work done and everything. And I was quickly admitted into the hospital where they diagnosed what was wrong with me um, within maybe three or four hours. Um, I was put into a ward because I had to stay overnight. Um, I had malaria, um, but it was triggered by sort of the changing climate, so it was quite severe. Um, so I had to stay over in the hospital in like the children's ward. Um, I had food brought to me. Um, I had a nurse that was kind of like on call 24-7. And yeah, so it was a very, obviously it wasn't a great experience for younger me, but it, was, it wasn't difficult. I didn't feel like the hospital or the healthcare wasn't trying to help me while I was in pain or in need. So very, very grateful for the NHS and for patching me back up together. And I was in there a total of, let's say, three or four days. Wow. Um, no cost. No costs. That's crazy. So at the end, you didn't get a bill? No bill. That my, you saw like my mouth dropped. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no bill. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Um, and you kind of touched on this, but following up, how often do you utilize your healthcare system? Um, so not too often. So normally maybe you have your dental scans and you have NHS doctors. You might, you might go to an NHS doctor to get your teeth checked. Um, you might want to just have some people want prefer monthly, not monthly, sorry, bi-annual body checks just to make sure that they're okay. You can, um, I use um, I don't do that, but you can use it for that. Um, SDI checks, which is quite prevalent amongst young people. That's also free via the NHS, use that. Um, I tend to use it normally if my teeth go bad, if I have any pain that lasts probably more than five to seven days and I'm taking painkillers and it hasn't alleviated the issue. Um, or I'm severely, very sick, like when I was um, 14. I will actually give a very funny story of how I gassed myself with bleach while cleaning, trying to clean the toilet and I couldn't breathe so I rushed to the hospital where a doctor saw me hour and basically told me I'm not going to die so I shouldn't worry about it and sent me in. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is an interesting story. Okay well I'm glad you you're okay. Yeah, so I think it's it, the use definitely just varies between people to people. Some people go quite often, two, three months, especially if you have any recurring health issues. Right. Um, and some people don't go to the NHS unless they need to go to the NHS. Right. Um, I'll put myself in that category. Right. There's no financial burden to not going. No, there's no financial burden to going or to not going. Um, the beautiful thing about the NHS is, for example, if I wanted to have my tooth removed, the NHS have an NHS price where it is discount, discounted by the NHS. And if you're under the age of 18, it's most stuff is completely free. Even if you're over the age of 18, most stuff is completely free, except maybe particular surgeries, um, niche surgeries um, or procedures that occur cost, or maybe paying for medical, for actually paying for prescriptions, which aren't expensive, especially compared to the US, sort of the same cost as buying something that you would buy in like a big spend in McDonald's. So nothing bank breaking. Um, there's no financial burden at all um, in using it or choosing not to use the system. Okay, wow, that's great. Um, my last question for you is, do you believe a personal identity that you hold affects how you interact with your healthcare system? 
I think the answer to that question on a personal level is no. I have never experienced or ever felt while using the NHS system that I was being discriminated against in any way or felt like I wasn't being treated seriously or as urgently as I someone else has been treated, be it the color of my skin, be it my religion or be it my nationality. Although I would like to mention in terms of maternity issues, mm-hmm. that is something that highlighted in recent times that they do that there is evidence to suggest that black pregnant women get treated less equally as white pregnant women minorities in general get treated less with less quality as white pregnant women but in my own personal experience and i is speaking for myself i've never experienced any form of discrimination for whatever reason while using the nhs okay interesting great um and then the last portion um would you rank some following um elements of your healthcare system so for one to five so one waiting times i'll give the nhs a two (laughs) in waiting times seeing your doctor in a non-emergency situation is very quick it's like booking any other doctor's appointment going to the accident and emergency room when you're absolutely dying and in pain is a completely different situation because you can be there sometimes three or four hours and when you're in pain three or four hours feels like three or four days right really that seems a little counterintuitive okay that's interesting um okay what about access one to five um i'll say five um i've i've traveled in the uk quite a bit so i studied in i've been in dover i've been to swansea i've been i'm currently i've been to aberdeen and i've never ever found it difficult to find an nhs hospital and to find an NHS doctor and to register all my information. And what's really great about the NHS is everything's kept, from my understanding, on a central database. So all you really need to do is register at your current doctor and provide the address of your previous doctor and all that information just gets carried along. The smartest thing I've ever heard, really. (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand why the US hasn't figured that out. Okay, what about... (laughs) um yeah cost would absolutely be a five um there is no i've never heard somebody say the nhs is expensive i've never heard somebody say i can't afford this through the nhs the only caveat with the nhs is sometimes certain things are long so sometimes you might have to wait three to six months for a surgery that you might want to get done over and done with straight away but i think that is a very reasonable price to pay so that any procedure or any form of healthcare that you need is provided at a reasonable cost. And I would like to very much state that if you are not getting a special procedure or in some cases medication that for some reason isn't covered by the NHS, everything else is completely free. Wow. So going to the doctor, having them check you up, getting your prescription, going to the emergency room and expect in an emergency spending the night in a hospital using their system their oxygen whatever completely and utterly free i'm so jealous i'm not even gonna comment but i love that (laughs) okay what about equity um yeah so i'll say the equity through my, I think it has to be a four, a four, if not a five out of 10. The only reason I wouldn't give it a five out of 10 is because I can't ignore issues that, although I can't relate to personally, have been highlighted, especially over the last year or so. 
But in my own personal experience and the experience of my family members and my friends, never have I got to the NHS and felt like, oh, they're not serving me or treating me properly because of my race or my religion or my social income or whatever it may be. Like the NHS for all purposes is an amazing organization and the people there are very, very hardworking and diligent in sort of get, making you feel um getting you out of the hospital feeling better sometimes it doesn't feel that way obviously when you're sick because you just want to be better but after being to the US and also being to Australia for a fair bit I generally believe the healthcare systems of I that I've and obviously growing up in Nigeria as well the healthcare systems that I've experienced in my life the NHS is by far and away the best in the world in my experience okay and then last, last ranking, how about innovation? Um, with innovation, that's, it's strange. Um, I would say with innovation, it's like a free, right? So you, I don't have to call my previous doctors to be chasing for my information to give to my new doctor or anything like that. Um, NHS, um, literally with a phone call and you give them your address, you can be told what the nearest hospital is. You can be put in touch with, there's so many different facets to the NHS. You have the 999 system, which is, emergency you have the 111 system which is um which is non-emergency and even within the 111 system you also have subsystems that take you to like an emergency doctor an emergency carrier um heart um like specialist doctors as well as stuff like that so there's definitely innovation i think where i draw the line is we still have ridiculous waiting times in any that that is the one caveat why i wouldn't give it like a four or a five but outside of that it's People don't complain about the NHS. The only complaint time is the wait time. Right. Okay. So then what would you give it overall out of five? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. That's solid. Four and a half. Four and a half. Five if it had good wait times. Four and a half for everything else. Okay. Wow. That's really interesting. Well, thank you so much. I learned a lot. Um, and I'm convinced that I'm moving to the UK soon. So make room for me. <laughs> no, that's no problem at all. Thank you for having me. I, I do really do feel bad for um, the American system where you don't have that form of central healthcare that has everyone sort of mm. protected on a fundamental level. Yeah. Because we do have private hospitals here as well. I mean, people choose to use private hospitals when they want to use private hospitals, but kind of making healthcare a choice because some people can't afford that extra income it's, it's not fair for the quote-unquote greatest nation on earth yes yes exactly <laughs> well thank you so much <laughs> i definitely think my interview with ao was if anything very reaffirming he confirmed a lot of the facts and experiences I have heard about the British healthcare system. So it was definitely nice to hear that that was true and to hear that the beverage model is in fact effective. So with that, we will now go to our third place and we will be moving further east to India. We'll be talking to my friend Viraj, who is an international student studying in the US, originally from India. 
Um, and full disclosure, I actually saw him earlier today. We played tennis. So if there's reference to that, um, know that he is in the United States. But he will be telling me more about the Indian healthcare system, the healthcare system that he grew up with. And I am really excited because I don't know anything about the Indian healthcare system. It's not one that is studied very often in the classroom. So I'm so excited to hear what he has to say. All right. Hello, Viraj. How are you? I'm doing great. And good work. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. How's your day? It was great. How was yours? It was good. I good. Fun fact, actually, we played tennis earlier, so I've seen you. So this isn't that exciting, but no, I'm joking. I always love talking to you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, thank you so much um, for agreeing to give me some insights on the Indian healthcare system. I'll admit I am not knowledgeable whatsoever. So I'm really excited um, for our interview. <laughs> Absolutely. Anything to help. All right. So my first question for you is what is a personal story you feel captures your experience with your healthcare system? Um, I think a good personal story that really uh, gives a summary of my experience with the healthcare system is uh, my grandfather was sick when I was about like 12 or 13. And uh, this was late at night. And um, I mean, obviously everyone was panicking and uh, we were unaware of like where uh, we could take him, what hospitals we could go to. And um, we actually decided on one that was farther away because that was the only one that was open. And uh, we got there and um, apparently he'd had a stroke so, but they were like really accommodating and uh, they got him in really quick, made sure that the paper was done, paperwork was done after the doctor saw him and uh, he was taken care of. So that's like a really positive experience that I've had with the healthcare system. Oh, nice. So it definitely, like in your experience, um, I guess the health of the individual was prioritized over administrative work, which can sometimes be a roadblock. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was uh, refreshing to see for sure. Okay. Um, and how often do you utilize your healthcare system? I actually stay away from doctors as much as uh, possible, but my father has a very different opinion. He, uh, he always says like, if there's any issue, you should go and uh, see a doctor before it gets worse. So he is, um, he actually forces us to see doctors more than we would like to. But when I'm back home, I probably see doctors um, twice in, say, four months uh, is a good estimate. Wow. OK. That's kind of frequent. <laughs> but yeah. I guess I'm only there for a little bit. Yeah. OK. Um, OK, interesting. Um, and then my last question for you is, do you believe a personal identity you hold affects how you interact with the Indian healthcare system? I think um, the personal identity does matter when it comes to the interactions with uh, the healthcare system. I feel like uh, the way that patients are uh, seen at or like kind of depends on uh, your social status. Like if mm. um, if you're if you have good connections at the hospital, you can get in quicker than people who've been waiting longer, which I guess is disadvantageous to like 
people who've been sitting there for a really long time and deserve uh, the need that they do or the care that they do. Um, so yeah, I think that the social state is just matter when it comes to uh, the treatment and the waiting times at hospitals uh, and doctor's offices. Okay, interesting. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then rank some of the elements from your healthcare system for me. So um, from one to five, how would you rate the waiting times? Um, I would say it depends on the specialist uh, mm -hmm. that you're looking at, like a dermatologist, especially in my city is like a good dermatologist is really hard to come by. So uh, waiting lines for say a dermatologist is like way longer, so I'd rate it one, but for a general physician, it would be uh, a four or a five, to be honest. Really? Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Um, what about access? Um, yeah, the access actually depends um, on where you are. For example, cities will have more doctors than rural areas. Mm -hmm. So access in rural, rural areas would be, say, a one or worse, actually. Yeah. And uh, in cities, uh, it would be anywhere from three to five. Yeah, would be a okay. good estimate. Okay. What about cost? I'm curious about this one. Uh, so cost depends on where you're seeing the doctor. So in a hospital, uh, you have like um, prices are usually lower because it's subsidized in a way, like the hospital's paying the um, doctor rather than you paying the doctor directly. So those cases will be cheaper um, for the patient. Um, and that would be, I would rank that um, anywhere between like uh, three or three and a half, I would say. And, uh, but if you're going to a doctor yourself, depending on like how in demand the doctor is or like what his or her specialty is, um, it can be like a one or a two at times, so really expensive. Hmm, okay, interesting. Um, what about equity? Equity, um, that's, a, that's a good one. <laughs> um, I personally haven't faced any um, issues with that in, in my interactions with the healthcare system, but I have seen it secondhand where uh, not all people get the same kind of treatment or some people get preferred treatment over um, others. That also comes down to like what kind of connections you have at the place that you're uh, receiving the healthcare. Um, and so, yeah, it definitely exists. I personally have not been exposed to it. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say that I would give it a flat two or three. Okay, <laughs> solid, solid. And then innovation-wise? We lack when it comes to innovation and infrastructure. We usually get um, stuff way later than most of the first world um, countries, I would say. So, and again, like innovation also depends on where you are. If it's a city, like it's definitely like there's better, um, there's better infrastructure. So 
for a city, I would say it's a three, but in rural areas, it can be like a one. So innovation is where India is lacking per se. Okay, okay. Have I'm just curious, has India received the COVID vaccine yet? Do you know? So India has two COVID vaccines. There's there's one called uh, the Covaxin and there's the other one that's called the Covishield. Uh, one of them's a one dose and the other one's a two dose vaccine, much like the Johnson & Johnson and Pfizer here. Um, but there's this company that I interviewed for um, last week and uh, they're called Merck. They're, um, they're um, basically doing like a, um, uh, a thing to expand vaccination in India. Uh, so they're collaborating with five uh, pharmaceutical companies in India and they're gonna expand the Johnson & Johnson uh, vaccine uh, in India. Oh, nice, okay, that's exciting. Sorry, that was off topic, but I was just curious. And then last question, with all that being said, what would you give the overall system? So one, one to five, what would you give the Indian healthcare system? Based on my personal experiences, I would give it a four. Uh, to be honest, I have not had bad experiences when it comes to uh, to the healthcare system. The wait times are annoying, like at a dermatologist's office, for example, but uh, but you have to be patient when you're visiting a doctor. So uh, factoring that out or taking one point off for that, I would give it. <laughs> okay, it's not, it's not perfect, all right. Oh, interesting. Well, thank you so, so, so much for um, taking the time to talk to me. And I learned a lot. Thank you. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you. Great. I definitely learned a lot from my interview with Baraj. My two biggest takeaways from the interview is one, the idea of social class and that being a large determinant and whether or not someone can access healthcare in India. And the second thing that was really interesting to hear about was this idea of medical innovation and lack thereof in India. It was interesting hearing from someone from a country whose healthcare system is very dependent on other developed countries and kind of being the last ones to receive cutting edge technologies and other innovative systems. And so that was definitely, um, again, the first for me, it was really interesting to hear. And so with that, we will now go to our last place on this episode. We will be moving even further east and heading to Taiwan. talking to Michael, a Taiwanese citizen who is actually a good friend of mine here at my school. So he's currently in the States, but he is very familiar with the Taiwanese healthcare system and um, can definitely share a lot more insights than I have. I've only done one paper actually on the Taiwanese healthcare system. So very small assignment. Um, and I learned a little bit from, but from the knowledge I did learn, there's really nothing but a uh, Good things, I'm, I'm pretty sure. So I'm really excited to hear what he has to say. Hello, how are you? Good. Tired for sure. Yeah, are you, you're in finals, right? Yes, I have a few more, then I'm done with everything. So. Yeah, 
as am I. It's not fun, but we got to get through them. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me about the Taiwanese healthcare system. I'll admit I'm not too familiar with it, but from what the things that I've learned and the research I have done, the little research I've done, I'm very impressed with it. And I'm really excited to hear um, your experience with it. I think it's more similar to the Canadian healthcare system. Okay. I don't know much about healthcare, but I think in regards to experiences, um, I mean, the system itself, I think it's closer to Canada's and like Germany's and anyone else's, but I think yeah. experience wise, I think. Okay. Pretty good. Well, let's just dive in, I guess, and talk about your experience. So, what is one personal story you feel captures your experience with the Taiwanese healthcare system? I think growing like growing up as a child, I grew up in Taiwan mm -hmm. and I had a lot of like health problems. And so a lot of times um, when I was young, um, I need to go to like the hospital for like emergencies and like possibly some, I've had like a few emergency surgeries occasionally. And so, um, but like every, like in America, you hear about like long wait times and like all that. Mm -hmm. But in Taiwan, it's pretty quick. I think all my experiences personally with them, um, especially in the ER, is that everything, it, like you arrive, you get taken care of within like, 20 minutes max and there hasn't been a time where i haven't been seen in an immediate and like efficient manner okay. um so i think all my personal experiences in regard to that have been positive okay. um i think okay. a more personal story um is i think all the doctors in taiwan they try to take care of um your issues like not your issues but like your health uh, if you have any issues with your health as like a whole yeah. and so um i think one funny it's more funny than like positive <laughs> but um a few years ago i was in um i would go to the eye doctor because um i like scratched like the corner of my eye oh, no. um, with a piece of paper um but at the same time I also had like allergies, so like my sinuses were congested. So the doctor gave me like an eye drop to like help, like it was like steroids for my eye. Mm -hmm. But um, they like, I didn't have the best reaction to them. So she sent me to go get um, my eyes like cleansed and like to get new tear drops. But um, the nurse professional, saw that situation and then they also saw that like my sinuses were getting clogged up so instead of giving me just like new cleansing eye drops they like cleansed my whole like tear duct system by like sticking like a needle through like your eye tear ducts like right there yeah. like the whole thing and so i hate needles but i was like i guess it's efficient so i don't have to do both things at once but okay that was a thing more personal story, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So you think that the Taiwanese healthcare system is fairly efficient, the people are personable, and it's 
I guess efficient in terms of waiting times as well. Like you didn't have to wait that long. Is that a typical trend? Is that a trend? Yeah, I think for, I think for emergencies, you don't have to wait that long. Now, if you like have to book like regular checkups and like everything, mm-hmm. that takes a bit longer, which is like sometimes, I mean, I don't want to say it's like too clogged because I think in, like healthcare in Taiwan is pretty cheap. So um, I think the difference between like healthcare here and healthcare in Taiwan is like, it's much more expensive here. So a lot of people, if they have like smaller issues, you won't really go visit a doctor if you have like a cough and just write it out. Exactly. But in Taiwan, like if you have a cough, like I just, you just go like your way to the hospital and that might clog up the waiting system a bit. But right. like for emergencies, there's definitely not so much of a waiting time. But for daily checkups like that might be a bit more congested. Interesting. Okay. I never knew that. That's really interesting to know. So I guess follow-up question, how often do you utilize the healthcare system? Like, do you go when you have a little ache or do you wait until you've broken your leg and you go to the doctor? I think more so the former. I mean, my parents, my dad's a doctor, so he's like better safe than sorry. Okay. Uh, so like, I mean, I think sometimes I do utilize it a bit too much. I guess the only time that I mainly, because usually I spend my time like in America, but like mm-hmm. when I go back to Taiwan in the summer, that's where we do like checkups after checkups after checkups. That makes sense. So sometimes you know like when my head like feels weird like I just visit like the neurology department for like something really quick so maybe overuse it a little bit but then overall I mean some like doctors go through like 200 patients like each 200 patients a day yeah so like they just sit in their office and it's just like patient after patient after patient (laughs) I think like security, like the doc, like, I mean, my dad's a doctor, so like they all have like, I don't say it's like a competition, but they all like sort of see who has more and like whoever's like more perceived, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. more thing on their docket. So let me just get something clear. So you'll go to the doctor and will you receive a bill or no? You get a bill. Now, I also, don't read much Chinese so I just listen to like whatever they tell me yeah um so you um you first like sign it like when you want to like book an appointment with the doctor you sign in through like the hospital system right and then they give you like a number and then you like once they call that number you go like there's like a waiting room in the hospital and then you go to the doctor um afterwards um the good thing about Taiwanese healthcare is, and I'm deviating a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, they give you like a card, like an ID card. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not exactly your driver's license. Like, it's like similar to a driver's license, but it also contains like your medical history and like all the previous doctor's visits that you've gone to. Because I think all hospitals and all um, small doctor's offices outside they use the same system so it's pretty convenient when like you sit down for any doctor they can review your whole medical history 
That's awesome. Uh, and also with that, since everyone has the same healthcare, I don't think we have different plans. Um, once they're done, they like give you a, I don't want to say it's like an invoice or something. Mm -hmm. You give you an invoice, then you go, um, I usually go to the hospital. I don't really go to the small doctor's offices <laughs> when I'm back home. But uh, they give you an invoice and then you go pay it. And then you also pick up your medications. So it's pretty quick. I know like in my time here, like when I visit doctors in the States, like they have to check with your insurance and then they have to get right. back to you. And there's like, so inefficient. there's nothing like that. In Taiwan, they just give it to you and you pay like wow. $7 and then you're out. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. Um, and then my last question for you is, do you believe a personal identity you hold affects how you interact with your healthcare system? I think more so because I, like, I'm a Taiwanese American. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I know a lot of my friends who are both Taiwanese citizens and American citizens, like, mm -hmm. We like the Taiwanese healthcare system is more efficient, it's more friendly, and it's more convenient as a whole. Mm -hmm. And so um, we sort of have lots of love, but like it's more of a, we're more proud of our healthcare system yeah. in the sense that like people who've, who are only like who've only experienced Taiwanese healthcare system like have because. I think we see different sides of like different healthcare systems. Okay. So I think we're like, as someone who's both grown up in Taiwan and the United States, I'm more excited about my healthcare system back in Taiwan than I am here. And so I wouldn't say that everyone in the country like identifies or like has a strong identity that's connected with the healthcare system. But I think overall Taiwanese people, we have a strong trust in our government, which also mm -hmm. has, like leads to us having a strong trust in our healthcare. Okay, that's a really interesting point. Okay. Yeah, no, I would be so proud if my healthcare system was like that. So definitely no shame. That's That's really interesting. Okay. And then last thing, um, please rank the following things um, from one to five with your healthcare system, with the Taiwanese healthcare system. So one, waiting times, what would you give it? Like five being the best and one being the worst, right? Exactly, yeah. Um, I'll, still, I'll give it a 3.5. Okay. Emergency. <laughs> I think connecting back to what I said earlier, like ER, everything pretty quick, mm -hmm. but sometimes like when you have to book an appointment, like it, it takes time a little bit. And yeah. usually like, I'm probably being a bit like snoshy with it because I know sometimes in America it takes days, but then in Taiwan, it, I think it's more so like if when you go, you don't have to wait to get an appointment but um, once you get to the hospital, there's a bit of a wait. Okay, okay. That's just personal. That makes sense. What about access? 
five. I think okay. there's, I mean, maybe not so New Orleans, but I know like in like the suburbia of California, there's not like, actually there could be, but like there's not a hospital. Like yeah. every other like block. And so I think the amount of shopping malls that we have in the US, like <laughs> there's the amount of hospitals that there are in Taiwan. I mean, really? there are a lot, or maybe it's just where I live. It yeah. also could be that, but I mean, there's, I, I like every 10 minutes you can probably like pass by a hospital okay. and like the large subway lines in Taiwan it's yeah. like they're separate station just for like the hospital so it's okay. like a small city itself as well like some bigger hospitals are so I think access I'll give it a five I mean it's easy five. to get appointment there's okay. not really like yeah and they're open late too <laughs> like local like doctors kind of. actually not even like I don't know if they have this here in America. I mean, like if you see an eye doctor, there's like usually like the ophthalmologist, like they have like a separate, like their own practice separately. Mm -hmm. But that's between like nine to five, usually, like right. business hours. Right. But one, it goes like it's like from nine to nine. And so it goes into the evenings as well. So I would say that's a bit more convenient. That's cool. Whoa, yeah, that definitely is uh increases access. What about cost-wise? I think the government's running a bit out of money, but at least for it, like ordinary citizens, it's it's a it's a five. It's a yeah, five, I mean, yeah. Don't be afraid to say it. Five, okay. Um, like how, doctors cost five dollars, so yeah. Okay, interesting. What about equity-wise? When I think of equity, like based on like when I um like when I live in the US, there's like a lot of inequities, like mm -hmm. racial inequities, class inequities, yeah. like gender and sexuality inequities. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, America's much more diverse than like Taiwan is. And mm -hmm. In a, especially in terms of race, because in Taiwan, I don't know if you look at, I mean, I think it's like 98% like Han Chinese, and there's not a lot of other ethnicities. That live I in see. Taiwan. And so, like how we see in America, like African Americans, they usually, they're more likely statistically to have a worse experience with like their, the health, the American healthcare system. You don't really see that in Taiwan. Okay. Everyone is same ethnicity. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone also has the same healthcare plan. It's not, right. I mean, everyone gets seen pretty much the same. You really don't run into barriers of cost. You don't run into like long waiting times because event like I think everyone has to sit through long waiting times as well right and so while some doctors might have their separate practices mm -hmm. um that might be a bit more specialized than others I think the 
hospitals that are pretty much open to everyone who is, I think equity wise are pretty good, more so because everyone's access is pretty much the same. Right. Um, the only thing that I can think is a bit less in terms of equity is rural communities. Because mm. in Taiwan, if you look at the geography, the West is urban cities and like the middle and the East is more foresty, mountainy. Mm -hmm. So communities might not, yeah, there's obviously not going to be like a health, like a large hospital. like Right. In the middle of the forest. <laughs> but I know that like all, a lot of hospitals um, in Taiwan, like they do clinics. And okay. so some doctors like they rotate and then they go visit um, rural hospitals and like um, okay. have their rounds there as well. Hmm. So I'd give that a five, but okay. I think the demographic of Taiwan is a bit different, which right. might be. Definitely can play into that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and then what about innovation wise? What would you give it? I think our healthcare system is built to be accessible and efficient. And I, I mean, it's pretty good. I, I don't think it lacks. Yeah. Like, I'm not proud of it to be lacking in any of the ways that I have like there's nothing that there's nothing that like the Taiwanese healthcare system or like Taiwanese doctors like that they can't do but I think with the privatization of like other like healthcare systems in America mm -hmm. there's always people that are more specialized the technology that like I see in America is much in certain hospitals um that obviously pay more for is yeah. better is more like top-notch and that doesn't mean like like anything in Taiwan is like bad or mm -hmm. in the like 20th century but like it's not always as up-to-date as like some um technology in the U.S. might possibly be so I give it a four um it's still good I mean, I've never found anything bad about it. I've never run into anything that Taiwan has been unable to do, but I know that in some regions, in, like in some areas of like medical profession, um, the US definitely excels a bit better. But that doesn't say that Taiwan doesn't excel either because I know like from my experiences, in Taiwan, um, and I know a lot about eyes because I have many eye problems. <laughs> but um, I feel like if you have bad eyesight, it usually people have glasses. Yeah. Taiwan um, sort of it's a bit different. We or like people usually in America they have glasses or contact lenses. Taiwan mm -hmm. um, people usually use nighttime contact lenses that sort of correct our vision slowly throughout time. Ooh. So it's sort of like, I could also be completely wrong about the threat time because you sort of like, it's like, I think it's like braces. Okay. And like once you remove, you'll have like, I mean, I still have like the retainer situation yeah. to use. Right. So it's sort of like that. I think that's the best analogy that I can give it. And so um, our contact lenses are harder and we use them more 
at night, um, but they sort of stabilize our vision that way. So I think there's some areas that Taiwan's more innovative, but in like state-of-the-art tech, like I think it's a bit lacking, which is completely understandable. Yeah, no, no, no uh, system is perfect. Okay, so with all of that being said, what would you give the Taiwanese healthcare system as a whole? How would you rank it from one to five? Six. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd say a four point nine. Really? A lot of situations. It's cheap, mm-hmm. accessible, people care, and there's a lot of trust that you find in Taiwan. I think that the last part is the most like important one out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Is that you know, like here, like you're like, oh god, like big pharma, or like you know, like you, there's a lot of confusion and there's a lot of steps that you really yeah. don't find yeah. in Taiwan. Online process, um, it's effective, it's efficient, and it's cheap. Right. Wow, great. Well, thank you so much. I learned so much. Congrats, <laughs> congrats to Taiwan. You guys have figured it out. And that is it for episode one. Thank you so much for tuning in. In our next episode, we will be talking to young people from Norway, Brazil, Nigeria, and Australia. So be sure to stay tuned. Thanks and see you in the next episode.